Hello, and welcome back to the Dinner Table Podcast, where we bring conversations to the dinner table that your family wouldn't. Today we'll be discussing FOMO, how it started, what it is today, and what we think about it ourselves. I'm Griffin Wiles. And I'm Tessa Osborne. Before we begin, we would like to disclaim that these views do not reflect the state news, and our opinions are subject to change at later date. Thank you for joining. Tessa, how are we doing today? I am doing fine. I'm feeling a little left out. Oh, really? You're feeling a little FOMO? I'm feeling a little FOMO. Personally, FOMO is um, a great abbreviation, acronym. Yeah, perfect description. Let's talk about FOMO. Do you know how FOMO came to be? No, but I feel like... I feel like you've done the research. Tell me a little bit about it. Okay, so FOMO was first identified in 1996 by Dr. Dan Herman, a marketing strategist who researched it and published the first academic paper on the topic in 2000. There is an author, Patrick McGinnis, who coined the term FOMO itself and made it popular later on in the decade. Since then, social media and FOMO are basically codependent. You can't really have one without the other. Throughout all the research that I did, social media and FOMO, they really go hand in hand, especially in today's digital age. That's so interesting. It is very interesting. They are literally inseparable. They are literally inseparable. You cannot have social media without people feeling FOMO, and you cannot have FOMO without people being on social media. It is such an interesting dynamic. It is literally so codependent. I feel like social media has made FOMO into what it is today. I feel that. Because people can, people always feel left out, mm-hmm. you know? Like, yeah. That's just a thing that people feel, but FOMO itself, fear of missing out, is catalyzed by social media and always being on social media. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, tell me a little bit about, like, your experience with FOMO and how that creeps up on you on a daily. So I'm not, I'm always on social media pretty much. I guess I'm a mogul, if you will, you know, like, yeah, I work in media, I'm always on media, and I don't really feel FOMO that strongly, like, sometimes I'm like, oh, like, that sounds like fun, I wish I was doing that, but I don't, I don't think I have FOMO, like, it doesn't plague my existence. How about you? I think... My stance on that, I think it does plague my existence, to be quite honest. I know it's dramatic, but it's not in the concept where I'm like, oh, no, I feel like my friends are hanging out without me because I feel like I have pretty good friends and they wouldn't do that. But I do feel like I don't I used to have this really bad break sophomore year of college where I didn't sleep for months. Well, I mean, I slept. Okay. But like, I didn't sleep a lot because I was really worried I was missing out on information. I really had this fear that I was missing out on like consuming as much media data like anything all at once i wish i could sleep and read a book or sleep and watch videos or do something i I feel like sleep was like kind of the antagonist in my story that is so interesting i know i wonder how being a journalist and fomo relates to each other because i feel like as a journalist you're always trying to get that story you're trying to get that like hot beat mm-hmm. where do you get a break from that because like if you go on vacation it doesn't mean that news is stopping exactly yeah yeah so i feel like as a journalist you're signing up for constant fomo and this constant anxiety around always being there and always being on top of stuff and i don't know how that like impacts journalists mental health and stuff i actually have some interesting statistics on mental health and mental mental things and fomo if you would like to hear them oh for sure anxiety and depression are both linked to fomo and fomo can even make these mental disorders worse 
for the people who have them. And that makes sense. If, yeah. you're, if you're anxious and then you have FOMO, you're anxious about missing out on something, then you can get depressed if you feel like you're not getting all that. Yeah, you're not getting the stuff you want. Extroverted people are more likely to feel FOMO because extroverts are linked to higher social media usage than introverts. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I would agree. It makes sense. Because also introverts don't really, like, they want their time alone. Yeah, exactly. Extroverts thrive off of the energy and vibes of other people. So if they can't, if they feel like they're being left out or they're missing out on quality time with other people, they're going to get down on themselves and they're not going to be able to perform to their full social capability. That's so interesting. You were telling me earlier about some dreams that you have concerning oh my gosh yes tell the podcasting world okay you guys this is crazy i will have back when i wasn't sleeping and even now to this day i would get them once in a while but i will have dreams where i'm just reading pdf files of text like huge amounts of text and i'm reading them at like 40 (laughs) miles per minute i'm like reading books or sometimes i'll be on social media i'll be like going down my news feed and i just like don't know why i'm doing that i think it's i think it has a lot to do with my anxiety around FOMO and missing out on information and I just like to consume a lot of information so I don't know yeah so I think like it's very interesting because the FOMO and the anxiety around it has like infiltrated my dreams yeah it's manifesting in your dream content and I've had dreams where I'm texting people but I don't think it's because I feel like I'm missing out like I just feel like I'm on my phone so much that that it just like translates but for you, I like scanning PDF files. Like, yeah, it's weird. That is some FOMO if I have ever heard it. Yeah, it's big FOMO. Very big FOMO. So there is a psychological aspect to FOMO. It's not all social media. It's not all seeing your friends post and whatnot. There is a psychological aspect hmm. to FOMO. Tell me a little bit about that. FOMO can be attributed to situational or long-term deficits in psychological need satisfaction. So if your psychological needs, competence, autonomy, relatedness, are not being met, you are more likely to experience FOMO, which is interesting. People with lower levels of basic psychological satisfaction reported a higher level of FOMO. Okay. So that that would be people who do not feel competent, do not feel autonomous, and do not feel related and connected to other people. I mean, that makes sense. It's like wanting to feel validated and also feel smart with your peers and feel like, and that like, is hand in hand with being validated like you say something and somebody says yeah like I feel the same or yeah I agree with that and that makes you feel like you're part of something Mm -hmm. and people aren't doing that yes and you feel left out agreed and I'm also going to fact up some more FOMO is negatively correlated with age so that means as age increases FOMO decreases and men are more likely to report FOMO than women interesting very interesting that one threw me for a loop when I found that little fact out because I feel like men, men, <laughs> no, I guess it's a societal thing. Men aren't in touch with their emotions or whatever, but I feel like, I don't know. It just kind of threw me for a loop. I feel like sometimes though, men can be quite clicky. Like they can be. Oh, like the bros are hanging out. Yeah. The bros are hanging out. If you're not a bro, then mm-hmm. you're not in it. I was thinking that it would, I like, I didn't think about gender and feeling FOMO. Like I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, it's just like a thing that some people feel. So it was interesting that especially men 
feel FOMO or report FOMO more than women. No, I feel that. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you text and drive? I do text and drive. FOMO. It is FOMO. I have anxiety around not responding when the text comes. Safety and FOMO is a huge thing that's going on because I'll admit it, sometimes if I'm at a red light, I will pull up the phone and if there's something that I feel like I might be missing out on, I might mess around and... I will straight up drive on the highway going 90 miles per hour and write an email. <laughs> if a lot of the time, I know this is unsafe, a lot of the time though, especially with journalism, you'll get an email and you need to respond right then because you don't know, you're trying to schedule a meeting, you're trying to schedule like um, an interview and you want to get that like squared away. So I try to email that as fast as possible out. And that is regardless of where I am, what I'm doing. <laughs> No, yeah, the fear of missing out. And even me, I stay up until 12 every Thursday night just so I can hear the new, like, Friday's new music right when it comes out. Because I don't want to be that bitch or I don't want to be that person who has to wait until, like, 9 when I wake up the next day to hear it. Yeah, you I guess I have FOMO in that aspect. Like, I don't want to miss out. I don't want to be the last to the party. And I have a list of albums that are coming out so I don't miss one. Like, I guess things that I'm passionate about, I don't want to miss out on, but I don't feel FOMO just... In general. In, like, in just, like, for everyday things. Yeah. So FOMO, let's get into what that means. FOMO is actually an acronym. It means the fear of missing out. And it's basically exactly what the acronym really defines it as. It's that anxiety that you feel when you're missing out on something. And I think a lot of people attach it with, like, socially missing out on something. Like, oh, my friends are hanging out without me or like this party's going on and I was invited or something like that. But I think that FOMO is very um, all-encompassing and it can really happen with a lot of different subjects. And a more cookie-cutter definition, because I just took it from a dictionary, is a pervasive apprehension that others might be having a rewarding experience from which one is absent. Yeah. If you want a more technical Merriam-Webster-esque. And, um... Griffin, what's your stance on FOMO? FOMO. It sucks that people have to feel it. Like, I can't imagine structuring my life around feeling like I'm going to miss out on something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, I feel like a lot of people who have FOMO structure their lives in a way that allows them to be more on top of things. I yeah. Guess. So they can, like, get whatever they want to know when they want it, you know? Yeah, I feel like as someone who quite literally experiences the apprehensions against missing out on things every second of my life, I think it is like definitely very controlling of who I am and what I do because I don't even like set time to relax anymore. Like I do not know how to, I'm always like, why don't I ever have any time to lay around? It's because I go to lay around and then, but then I'll go do something because I feel like I need to go do something and I don't want to lay down. No, I can confirm. Yeah. I can confirm Tessa is not addicted to work. But she's always working. She's always creating in her mind. Yeah. It never stops. And I don't know if that's a good thing, if that's a bad thing. But I think that, like, for sure it's something that is in the new age where things seem to never stop. Like, I think with, like, news and, like, media now and, like, how accessible it is. Before, like, you get the Sunday paper and that would be everything you could know for that week. That's true, yeah. But now it's, like... Every single minute, there's something new that you can learn and you can miss out on. You can miss, yeah, you can miss out on a whole cultural 
like presence for like a good hour because something happened on Twitter and then it's just totally gone. I want to touch more on social media and FOMO. They're the dynamic duo, but like the villainous one. I think, yeah, social media is very, it's a good hand for FOMO. You can post about hanging out with your friends, Snapchat locations, snap maps. there. I want to talk about snap maps for like 20 seconds. Snap Who maps. created those? Who in their right mind said, I'm going to let everyone look at where all of my friends are just so I can feel bad that I'm not with them. No, quite literally. It's so... I mean, I have my snap maps on. Like, the idea of people knowing where I am is, like, appealing to me. Okay. But, like, (laughs) everyone else, like, sometimes, like, you'll just have to, like, check out the maps and it'll be like, oh, like, these people are hanging out. It's like, what does that mean? They're hanging out at some cool place. Like, I... Like, I'm kind of, like, mad that, like, I'm not there. Like, I have message people being like why are these two people hanging out and why was I not invited (laughs) this has literally happened like several times within the past week wow really yeah because I I sent well I talked to you about someone posted on their story they were having a little get together and I was not invited that is true that's true and I was kind of mad about it so I think that snap maps definitely was intentional for that purpose to create drama between what are you doing with your friends? I can see you doing literally, that. Literally, Snap Maps is literally just for FOMO. Just call it FOMO Maps. FOMO Maps. Yeah, I think social media is especially is just, it in a lot of different ways. Like, you can see your friends hanging out with different people, but you can also show people that you are ahead of the times and, like, oh, like, I was, like, here at that moment and oh, you missed out and, like... Exactly. Because yeah. I only... Really or, like, I'm woke and you're not. You post on social media when you do something that you want other people to know that you did. Yeah. And that that whole culture and that whole frame of mind is very toxic because it perpetrates FOMO and other people. And, and then you just kind of, I don't know, like... It's a show-off. It is a show-off, you think, yeah. you do. Yeah, FOMO is definitely... It's definitely the bad guy, it the is. antagonist in our life. FOMO is an antagonist. Joining us now at the dinner table is Dominic Neumann, doctoral candidate in advertising and PR. Dominic, how are you today? Uh, I'm doing very well for a Wednesday morning. For a Wednesday morning, yes. It's pretty early right now. Mm -hmm. Um, We're just going to talk a little bit about FOMO Mm -hmm. and we'll get your input on it. So what exactly is FOMO? (laughs) If we would know that. Um, So FOMO generally is like this general feeling of thinking that something else is better than what you're doing right now mm-hmm. or having something different of what you're having right now mm-hmm. is better. So it's generally the idea that you're that, that you're worse off than someone else or that um, the way you're living your life is right now in that specific moment, mm-hmm. not, the, not the optimum of how you could live your life. Yes. And yeah. is there a major catalyst for these type of feelings or is it just kind of through the environment itself? Um, so generally, I want to say that because humans are mostly um, socially driven um, animals, mm-hmm. um, we're, we're trying to like be as connected as possible to, to others. And everything that makes us feel like we're not as connected, mm-hmm. um, we're not as part of something as we want it to be that would increase this like 
unpleasant feeling, underlying anxiety. So I don't I don't personally really like the term FOMO, fear of missing out, because mm-hmm. it's ultimately not really a fear, it's more an underlying anxiety. And so it's more of the idea that, that, that there is um, a specific thing that makes you uneasy, feeling like apprehensive, I want to say. And so I think in the last 10, 20 years, let's say 10, um, social media obviously is a driver, mm-hmm. but it's not the only, like it's not a pure social media phenomenon. Um, there's articles out there that describe FOMO as like the keeping up with the Johnsons kind of saying mm-hmm. that we had in the early 1900s. But now, transparency of other people's lives, that is basically what, what, what triggers FOMO mostly, most of the time, I think. Mm-hmm. And you touched on social media being yeah. um, a factor in FOMO and all that. Yeah. Is so is FOMO more prevalent in younger generations where more people are using social media? No. Um, it's just different. So what we saw in a bunch of interviews that we did with, with people between the ages of 18 and I think the oldest participant was around 80, um, is that everyone has that, everyone had that feeling of like not being particular in an in-group, um, not being as connected, down, belong, these kind of things. And, but, but, but the targets are different. So what we're seeing a lot is that the targets are different. So for younger people, it's mostly uh, cool products. Uh, what drops a lot is uh, Apple Earpods, uh, Lululemon, uh, Supreme, all these like fashion and high, high in demand and uh, low in supply um, products or parties and events. For older people or people starting at a specific age, I guess, what also triggers this fear of missing out is for example, missing out on being with their grandchildren, having time mm-hmm. spent or career opportunities not taken, going back and thinking, oh, what if I would have taken that job 20 years ago? Where could mm-hmm. I be now? And they're starting to ruminate on that. And so I think one of the most commonly known manifestations in, in quotation marks of fear of missing out for older men, for example, would be midlife crisis. We, ne- we just never talked about it that way, but it's ba- basically it's the same kind of phenomenon. I'm not saying it's the same thing. Yeah. I'm not saying the midlife crisis is fear of missing out, but both of them are basically socially driven anxieties of where you are, where you could have been. Is FOMO especially worse for people who already have anxiety disorders or um, mental disorders, or is that is there not really a correlation between that? I have not looked into that. So what research suggests a lot is that FOMO is very connected to or is connected to symptoms of depression, ten, depression depressive de- tendencies mm-hmm. or anxious tendencies. In my own research, what we see is that the general feeling of feeling socially excluded. When I am socially excluded by others, when others are basically doing something, not telling me, the reason when I'm experiencing FOMO because of that. Mm -hmm. The reason why I feel FOMO there is because I feel disconnected and not as I would be belonging to those people. Now, if I make the act of choice, if I'm being socially avoidant, which is a lot of times um, correlated with uh, social anxiety mm-hmm. or, or fear of social judgment when I'm trying to not be somewhere because I don't have money right now or because I have the schoolwork that needs to be mm-hmm. done or just because I feel uncomfortable with other people. I experience FOMO after the fact I'm seeing all of these things. Um, I'm, I'm feeling FOMO because I feel a threat to my need for meaningful existence. Mm-hmm. And so there it's a self-worth 
kind of problem. And so it really depends how formal manifests. And we don't even, we actually right now don't know really how the formal manifestation, so the, the actual feeling, the negative feeling that we're having, mm-hmm. where it really comes from. There's a lot of like correlational stuff going on yeah. with like, oh yeah, people that use social media a lot have more FOMO. We don't know if it's like, we're using more FOMO, uh, we're using more social media because we you, uh, um, um, we have more FOMO or we have more FOMO because we're using more social media. Yeah. We don't know where that comes from. It's That is not a thing right now. So um, the mechanism, how it appears, that is what we really don't know in detail, I guess. Yeah. And going back, yeah, um, sorry, to college students and because mm-hmm. our we, at Michigan State University, we have a lot of college students here, and college students, of course, experience FOMO. Mm-hmm. Do you have any tips or tricks as to how to start overcoming that fear of missing out and overcoming that fear of missing out? It's those. So the 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 most unhelpful answer I can probably get <laughs> is, is self love. <laughs> being being content in the situation you are and making that very salient to yourself. Because I think ultimately you have to you don't know if the other thing or the thing is actually better or not. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going to happen. Um, ultimately, you can put two I, you can put two exact same events to the same t- at the same time. They could be exactly the same. Same artists. Same. People, same everything. Mm-hmm. You're choosing to go to one. You will ultimately think the other is better, mm-hmm. always. Um, and so, and so I'm I'm talking when I'm talking about FOMO a lot about this decision making paradox that you can't make a right choice in those regards. And the reason is, and there's a recent article that I really liked about um, opportunity cost overestimation for in business mm-hmm. terms, yeah. um, which basically means that you com- you're always you're always gonna overestimate the the other event the other thing you will not think oh this is way worse anyway mm-hmm. um, y- you will regardless of what you're doing and what you're choosing right now o- always think the other one is better now making to yourself very salient that that is not the case um, I think is the only way you kind of can counter steer immediate like popping up feelings of FOMO mm-hmm. um, and and everything else is sitting it out yeah. <laughs> waiting until it turns out to be better or worse mm-hmm. and just waiting before you st- like start making yourself feel um, uncomfortable about something um, so I think making very salient to yourself that the situation you're in right now is the one good one um, making salient to yourself that even going to the other one you probably would think that the thing that you're doing right now is better mm-hmm. um, and sometimes literally just saying no (laughs) all right well thank you so much for joining us dominic yeah you're very welcome thank you for having me wow dominic norman had a lot to say he did have a lot to say and i feel enlightened after he spoke to us me too i really never thought about comparing midlife crisis to fomo which it really is kind of like he said, not to like say they're the same thing, but they are very related. They are. They're very intertwined, and I didn't. I genuinely did not even think of that because all I'm thinking of is a movie called American Beauty, where the main character has a midlife crisis, and I'm now it just makes so much sense now. Yeah, I I always thought like FOMO was more related towards like younger adults or no, younger teens. And stuff. it was very interesting to learn that in the research he was talking about that it's everyone feels FOMO throughout their whole entire life. It's just different 
ways and mediums that they feel the FOMO through. Exactly. Bonkers. Crazy. I cannot wait to feel FOMO until I'm dead. <laughs> Me I'm so either. excited. I cannot wait. Well, thank you so much for listening to the podcast, guys. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us and tuning in. Feel free to check us out on any of our social media platforms. We've got the state news on Instagram and Twitter, and you can also go just right onto our website at the state news and check out all of our articles and all the other multimedia stuff we're pushing out. If you have anything that you want me and Tessa to know, or if you have any future podcast topics you'd like us to discuss, feel free to email us. My email is tessa.osborne at statenews.com. And my email is griffin.wiles at statenews.com. And you can also reach me on Twitter at griffinwiles. And you can reach me at Twitter at Osborne Tessa. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. Bye.